Dave Costa. Welcome back, Brother Dave. It's good to be back. Where it have is you good. been? <laughs> it, is, it is good to be back. Mm-hmm. But you know what it is? What is it? Tell me. Is that like, I want to really try to make you throw up right now. And I've worked so hard <laughs> <laughs> during the school year. I just started to peter out. I am starting to get nauseous. <laughs> I mean, my shoulders were sagging because I was carrying, carrying you the towards the, the weight of the school spiritually, yeah. uh-huh. your physical weight on my shoulders. Yeah. Right? I, I, there was only so much I could do. Mm-hmm. I just broke. I was like a, you know, I was like a camel or a mule. You needed a little time off. Yeah. Right. So I just decided to <laughs> avoid you for three months. So, so the really, too, because I needed be to be away is- from you. <laughs> The topic is the Sacred Heart of Jesus, but maybe the topic should be the the heart of you for for really having done all I that. Mean, I mean, I giving we, up your life. For we us. could, but that would like, come off too narcissistic. And <laughs> oh, we've already done that though. <laughs> well, gang, it is good to be back with yeah. you. Have you? What have you been doing? Um, well, I got the opportunity to go on retreat. Mm-hmm. I got the. Uh, uh, I'll be going to see uh, some of my family down down south. My my parents have been up from Oklahoma, so had some time to spend like quality time with them. Cool. Yeah, working on the car and uh, playing ball. So oh, just your, to relax. Your prize car though is down in Oklahoma now. Did it get it got shipped? It down? didn't get shipped down there. No, my fa- my father. Oh, here should be a story. <laughs> my father didn't ship it down. <laughs> I thought I thought that was like the plan, wasn't it? That you was like, the plan. Okay. Yeah, so and then my father gave York? me radio silence. Yeah, and oh. then I was like, when I called him literally yesterday, and I was like, hey. Uh, Dad, by the way, what, like, when's the guy coming to pick up the car? He goes, oh, he already picked up the other one. Because <laughs> my father, while he was up here, decided to buy another car. The a Apple si- really does not fall far from no. the tree. So he bought a 65 GTO. Okay. The thing rips. Oh, mm. But he destroyed the transmission because okay. he was cranking it too hard. And uh, so now we got that one shipped down. But we were going to send the, the Barracuda and the GTO down together. And... Uh, he said, well, I couldn't find a time where you were going to be in the rectory, so I just did it. <laughs> so I just had the car carrier come and pick it up and take it home. So the Barracuda's in Oklahoma, the, or is that still in No, in the, the GTO Paris? is, he, the GTO, which was a new addition to the family. Okay. Uh, that is now in Oklahoma. Okay. The, G, the, the, the Barracuda is still at the rectory. Mm-hmm. Still one of the nicest cars that I started up. I actually started it up for a friend the other day. Uh-huh. Like, nah, this doesn't sound good. I'm like, I'm telling you, buddy, it does. The person jumped backwards when I started it up and hit the gas. It was that loud? Oh, it was amazing. <laughs> but the only problem is is that I can't, I'm having a problem burning out with it. This is a problem. What I don't even know what burning out means. That's how, how, that's how you, little I'm understanding this, this conversation. Gang, this is the, now I'm you trying. understand the, the, the cross that I carry in working with this man yeah. who promotes and loves and adores Fast and the Furious movies. Oh, yeah, it's because of the characters, not because of the cars. <laughs> yeah, but the burnout is when they got... They're all so wholesome and <laughs> But <family>. then I, <laughs> mention, I mention burnout, and you don't know what it is. I you see it all the time on the screen. Is that tires? It's when like, the back tires, when they when they hit oh, the gas so hard that the back squeal. wheels are squealing. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. I can't do that right now, and it's frustrating. Why do you want to do that? Oh, may God have mercy on your soul. <laughs> when you're building a car, that's exactly what you want. I just thought you want the wheels to turn so you can go places. <laughs> I can't, people. I can't. For all of you who like have I'm having fun right now, who who love love going, who need the mm-hmm. speed, who need the speed in your life, gotcha. who love going fast, who love a fast car, 
they're crying right now listening to your voice. Okay. I've lost like three people. I've lost three people on <laughs> the podcast. And that's essentially everybody that listens. Okay. Thank you for asking, but I've been doing a lot of reading. Oh, yeah. By the way, how's your break going? You know what? Jen got me a book for Father's Day. So there is a um, a priest that's known well in the Northeast that recently passed away from Boston College, Michael Hines. And did you ever have him in the seminary or any, anything? No. This guy was, he was one of the rare people who was a genius, um, but who also could teach. You oh, know, yeah. Sometimes okay. it's one or the other. Yeah, I understand that difficulty. I'm yeah. such a genius. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I actually had, a, when I, up in hunting, uh, when I was going for um, one of my graduate degrees, he taught a class. And somebody asked him this question. I can't remember what the context was or why they asked him, but he, they said, what was the Vatican's response to the American Revolution in the late 1700s? And that question blew my mind because I never, like, thought about those two things mm. coinciding, you know? Yeah. And so I never conceived of the question, but he knew the answer to the question. Wow. But anyway, Jen, uh, so he recently died, and um, what, a, what a loss. But he, uh, he's written some books, and Jen found one, so I've been reading a book of his. Oh, and, nice. Um, I was, uh, we'll probably wind up talking about it on, on future podcasts because he could write so clearly, you know, um, nice. and, and beautifully. Good. So, so if there's no inspiration, I mean, I'm expecting inspirations for my future homilies. <laughs> Guys, he's my ghostwriter now. <laughs> I, there's really no hyperbole there. I, I am. Um, like, wow, Rich, that was really good. I'm going to use that. <laughs> and he does. And we read a lot on the Internet, too, you know, oh, nice. because it's all, all true. Do you, know, do you know Taco Cat? Wait, did you just say everything on the Internet is true? Everything. Well, it has to be. <laughs> Do you know Taco Cat is the same when you spell it the other backwards? Oh. Yeah. Wait, this is what you've consumed your entire summer with? Well, that and Michael Himes. <laughs> oh, <Yeah>. my gosh. <laughs> Have a s'more or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, guys, what we wanted to do uh, in, in this particular uh, podcast here is uh, to go over something that after like having spent between a, a month or so uh, really out of the, the classroom and out of the building is to kind of just kind of reflect and, and give, uh, uh, you know, really bring to light, I think, something that we really have to pay attention to uh, that, uh, that I think is a very serious uh, topic. Uh, but also, too, to be able to provide some of the, the beautiful, um, I would say, treasures and, for some people, secrets uh, that, that haven't uh, of, of blessings that uh, can help in this journey. Um, I want to speak very generally here. Um, I, I don't want to specifically focus on m my uh, experience of this past year uh, of being in the school. Uh, because I have spoken to a lot of different friends and family members who are teachers and social workers in any variety of, of different schools, public school, other Catholic schools, uh, other private schools. And everybody to a person has said that this past year was the most difficult year uh, of academic formation, uh, emotional trauma that they've 
ever encountered in all of their years even more than the previous school year and i would concur with that yeah yeah and everybody kind of in their own ways has said the similar thing that it's the fallout Mm -hmm. of what we've had to endure the last two years and you know a a lot everybody has kind of shared the kind of the darkness the despair the the emotional trauma um the psychological trauma, the spiritual trauma that we've encountered from the kids. Um, and maybe because as educators and, and, and for myself as a chaplain in the, in the school system, we might have our eyes so fixated on just the kids that we're not really kind of aware of maybe what the adults are dealing with as well. I think that's a huge part of it because we, we were part of that same trauma and, yeah. and we lived it. And a lot of times when you go as an adult – whether you're a parent or, or a teacher, you've been through something that the kids are going through now. And you can, you can um, so we'll, we'll talk a lot with kids about um, getting their hearts broken by a romance or something, yep. right? And so many adults have been through that. You can say, it's going to be okay. But but this, none of us have ever been through. And I think right. it's well, a good point by you to say, like, we were going through it with them. Yeah. And, and probably our response is not what it could have been had we gone through it before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so this is this has really been leaning on uh, our hearts to really want to just share. And look, and like I said, we're going to. I, I would really like to open it up generally as to like what a lot of people have encountered here, uh, professionals in within the school system as as as, as far as like uh, what young people are struggling with, and it's just not like we're not. Uh, we're, we're singling out, like, I mean, we're not singling out. We've, we want to share what we've heard right. from young people. Mm-hmm. But we definitely know that these are definitely burdens that adults are maybe even sharing with, uh, with young people as well. And so, like, we've encountered a lot of uh, discouragement. We've, dis- we've, we've encountered a lot of despair. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've encountered... Uh, you know, a, a lot of uh, uh, poor self-image and the effects of that, you know, whether it be cutting or self-harm mm-hmm. in other ways. Uh, we've um, uh, encountered in, uh, I mean, you hear it on the news a lot, uh, you know, uh, s- suicide mm-hmm. and stuff like that or, or suicidal ideation. The, the rates the among teens nationally are, are, nationally. are skyrocketed. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's a lot of confusion, uh, the, a lot of uh, confusion with identity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like there, there really is an identity crisis mm-hmm. on so many different levels, emotionally and psychologically. Um, and so I just want to leave that open because we've encountered mm-hmm. so much. Um, it, it, there's a, the spiritual fallouts of all that. And we're going to get into, uh, this, you know, um, the, the healing of all that but um is there anything that you specifically want to like add to what you maybe some of your friends have shared with you as well nothing really more than you said because i think you've covered the whole the whole gamut of it um there's one thing when you are um understanding what's going on so for the adults leading any school you're understanding the dynamic that might have happened uh, whether it's uh, a singular event that you could then mm-hmm. help the kids process through. But when it was something that was so widespread, now t- let's be specific what we're talking about. 
we had, and, and every school, it's not just us, had freshmen coming in the building into a brand new school right. that hadn't been in a classroom for almost two years. Right. You know, so there are our social um, cues that are missed. There yep. are the ability to interact um, with others that needed working on. Yep. You know, it's almost like there was a time warp where they're suddenly now back, you know, and I'm, <coughs> I'm, I'm saying the, the freshmen, it was every class, but they were specific because they were coming into a new school. And like I said, and like you said, it wasn't it wasn't just our school. Right. So, so many of the of the building blocks that that society in a good way um, had put into place to help um, with with our with with kids ability to mature socially um, were taken away, mm-hmm. you know, and I think we all didn't I shouldn't say I can't speak for for everybody I I know I was kind of late to the game understanding that's what that dynamic was I think when we came back in September the thought was hey we're kind of back like with this great oh, yeah. celebratory sense of it had been you know almost two years since we had been back like that right um, and, and it took a while I think to realize this this was going to be a bit different yeah, this was going to be a journey yeah. and a process to climb out of this. Yeah, and I, I think probably in September we'll still hit it. It's going to be with us in one form or another. Hopefully, not as dramatic as we saw this right. year. You know. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and so what we wanted to do, and I, you know, I, I just want to make sure that um, I'm clear with this. Uh, after having talked to so many teachers, either that we work with, mm-hmm. you know, like I said, in other places. And other social workers, school psychologists uh, that I've encountered along the way and we've journeyed. Um, everybody has kind of said the same thing. And I want to make sure that I'm clear here as just speaking as a priest and not as a social worker. Sure. Um, because there were, I, I am a very big fan of good, healthy therapy. Yeah. And, and part of the healing uh, that, that we need is definitely going to have to go through uh, the healing of a good therapist and social worker yep. um, to be able to identify and hear certain um, problems of, of trauma, to be able to to highlight a, a need and, and a focus in that area. But I think that sometimes we can overlook the enormous and, and profound uh, uh, aid that our faith provides in this. Uh, many times you have heard the two of us talk about how, or, or me specifically with uh, with a dear friend of mine who was a priest and a clinical psychiatrist, how his he really felt that it was his vocation before he died to really bridge the gap mm-hmm. and help people to see that the psycho and the spiritual are very intertwined in their journey together to find true healing. Mm-hmm. Um, and he helped me to understand that that good therapy, a good therapist, somebody who is genuinely engaged in helping the other, <laughs> um, can only go so far in the healing process. Because as you and I believe as Christians, when Jesus says that he is the Prince of Peace and that he is the healer of the wounded heart, that unless that is also interjected and that relationship with Jesus is is kind of unpacked and, and the true um, the true understanding of who Jesus Christ is uh, and and how he wants to walk with us on this road uh, there we there we take the next level of healing uh, in this journey um, I, I think because both are, are looking for the same thing both are, are searching right for the heart of what it means to be human 
you know, mm-hmm. and um, and and ultimately what it means to be God. What was it Saint? Is it Saint Irenaeus? I might have said the name. That Jesus became like us, so we could become Irenaeus? like him. Irenaeus, yes. yeah. Irenaeus. Jesus became like us, so we could become like him. And and I think um, whether it's stated or not, whether the therapist is secular or Catholic, right. I, I think it's it's all pointing towards the same thing. What does it mean to be a human? And what it means to be human is mean to be created in the image of God, and that's where we are most happy. Yeah. Our hearts are restless until they rest in the the, the Augustine quote. Right. Yeah. And, and and I think that when our Lord and the faith is interjected, you know, um, not as something separate from mm. like therapy or the walk for healing. When he's interjected into it, he highlights for us, whether through the grace of the of the therapist or whoever, whatever we're working on for healing. He highlights for us what is needed because he knows where the wounds are for us. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we would understand to be called grace. Mm-hmm. And and so what I would like to do uh, today is to focus on something that is considered, I, I think, a little bit to be un, uh, unknown by a very large population of, of uh, uh, of the Catholic faith. Uh, I would be one of those people up until about an hour ago. <laughs> yeah. To be um, totally honest and upfront about this. And, um, and uh, you know, there are promises that are given to us through some of the lives of the saints from our, our, from our Lord and from our Blessed Mother in, in, if we practice certain devotions, if we practice certain, uh, you know, rituals of the faith, there are promises that are given to us uh, to help us on the journey. Uh, and I'm going to be referencing, referencing uh, three specific uh, I- uh, individuals. Uh, there's St. Margaret Mary um, Aliquo, who, was, who had seen uh, the, our Lord, who was given visions back like 400, 500 years ago, uh, the image of the Sacred Heart. And, uh, and that image of the Sacred Heart, for those who might not be aware of it, is that image where Jesus is pointing to his heart. His heart is visible, uh, like it's outside his chest, and there's like a crown of thorns around his heart. And uh, that image, uh, it, like after his time with St. Margaret Mary in those visions, he gave her 12 promises that people who practice uh, uh, their devotion to the, the Sacred Heart um, will be filled with these particular blessings or promises. Um, the, uh, the, the rosary, uh, I don't know off the top of my head, I may have been St. Dominic, I might have been a different saint along the way, of, of who was given the 14 promises from the Blessed Mother if, you know, for one who has prayed um, inconsistently the rosary. Uh, there were certain promises that are given to somebody. Uh, for for praying those uh, for the praying the rosary the mysteries of the rosary and then there is the devotion uh, to the miraculous medal uh, those of you might see it it's it's a an image of the blessed mother with her arms extended with her hands open uh, at her waist uh, and sometimes she's smiling in those images and that is an image from Saint Catherine Labaret uh, about the same time 400 years ago uh, where 300 years ago where <clears throat> the Blessed Mother had told her in a vision to, to make this image and circulate it for people and those who wear that image on them or hold it uh, on them uh, that they would have if they have a devotion to the miraculous medal and that particular devotion that they would experience 
the promises as well. At the end of, if you break down everything, all three uh, devotions uh, all circulate around instilling peace in the person who is faithful uh, to either one of those. In this life. In this life. Yeah. We will experience life here on earth. Uh, no matter what has happened in our life, the promises of the Blessed Mother and our Lord Jesus uh, say that we're, we, we will encounter, uh, we will have peace, that they will, not, um, they will not take that away from us, that they will instill that within us. And I think at the end of the day, and I think this is really kind of like this year really broke me mm-hmm. down to really focus on the thing, the one thing that I realized that matters to me is that <clears throat> above all, the only thing I desire, and I really do believe it's not just me, I think it's that the human heart really desires is peace. Mm-hmm. Now you could say, oh, well, <laughs> money will bring that peace or like there are other comforts nope. that will help bring that peace. But like at the end of the day, all I really want is my heart to be at peace with itself and with other people and with my creator. There's a line. I was just listening to a U2 song recently, uh, last week, that kind of popped up. And there's a line, you can't get enough of what you don't really need. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And I think whether it's money or when we're looking for peace in wrong places, and, and that's where the devil comes in because the devil could lead <coughs> us to find, uh, to seek out yeah. that which is not good for us, and it's, we're never satiated. Yeah. You know, where with, with God's peace we are. Yeah. 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 So you, what are you going to, what do you think it is? So reading a few of these? So, yeah, what I would like to do is just highlight for you. Um, I'm not going to read through all 12 promises of the Sacred Heart. I'm not going to read through all 14 promises <clears throat> of the Rosary. Thank you, because I've heard you read lists. And it just, <laughs> it's, it's, I'll it's be asleep in two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so I just want to highlight for you a couple of the major ones. And I really wanted to, I, I'm not, I'm not going to focus on the promises of uh, the ones that focus on heaven. Uh, I, 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 all I want to do is focus on spreading these devotions as a means of helping us practice our faith and maybe giving us maybe the little bit of a mojo here and an inspiration mm-hmm. to want to practice these devotions um, so that we can get the spiritual end uh, uh, you know of of what we're really desiring in the peace of our soul so for the for the de, for the devotion of the sacred heart the first one says, I will give them all, if anybody, Jesus says, if, if you have a devotion to my sacred heart, that um, you will get the graces necessary for anything in your life, that you'll get the grace necessary to overcome whatever it is in your life. And that coincides with number 11 <clears throat> of the rosary. Our Blessed Mother says, you shall obtain anything you ask for by the recitation of the rosary. So I think you'll get the gifts given that you need. I remember Jesus saying um, about the, the prayers, how prayers are answered, and that you're only going to get what you need, not necessarily what you ask for. Yeah. You know, what, what, is, this, what is the line? I, I wasn't ready for this one. Uh, but um, if a son asks for a snake and his father, and yeah. what am I? I feel like I'm confused. If, you, if your son things. asks for a, a fish, are you, you going to give him a scorpion? Right, right, right. Or a snake. Yep. Yeah. Um, so those things that, that 
you know, God's obviously not going to give us something that's not good for us. And right. that's, that's sometimes hard for, for us to understand. Yeah. You know, um, and sometimes that, you know, we are eternal beings. So sometimes those things will be given to, to us after this life. Right. You know, right. Yeah. That, number two uh, for the devotion to the sacred heart is like he will establish peace in our homes. Mm -hmm. Like, man, that's important, right? Well, I, I think most people who do what we do for a living um, and, and teachers know that the students that come to them many, many times, there is not peace in their homes. And exactly. that's not a judgmental thing about the parents. The parents are holding it together, trying to do their best a lot of times. <coughs> right. There's no um, intentional thing. We're not going to be peaceful. They just have some really, really tough circumstances right. that they're trying to work through. I give them all, these parents, I give all the credit in the world. But that's a lot of the times the kids that we see, right? you know, where there is no peace. There is no peace. Yeah. yeah. Number uh, number three of the devotion of the Sacred Heart, right, uh, the, the third promise, I will comfort them in all their afflictions. Mm -hmm. And that coincides with the devotion to the Rosary. The sixth promise is that uh, the Blessed Mother says, you shall never be conquered by misfortune. Mm -hmm. That she promises that no matter what is going on in your life, that you will never seep into despair or discouragement. Mm -hmm. And And you and I both know that. I think we all know that like one... When we struggle and dive into despair and discouragement, we enter into the dark realm of hopelessness. Mm -hmm. uh, and so to know that, like, we'll have the comfort, you know, and the assurance to overcome those misfortunes, yeah. like, that's important. When we get to the end of this list, can we delve into the whys of these? Because I have a, a question mm -hmm. I want to ask you, but I want to interrupt sure. you right now. Sure. Um, you know, and then, like, uh, just, um, <clears throat> I would like to just point out, too, like, Number five, number five of the the uh, the of the blessing, uh, the devotion to the Sacred Heart is that Jesus says, "I will bestow abundant blessings upon all of your undertakings in life, the blessings of all the undertakings in life." So I guess that could be anything from, you know, your work mm -hmm. to the way you know the 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 way you're gonna work on the relationships in your home. Mm -hmm. um, you know, any of the inspirations that you have, uh, you know, for the service or whatnot. And that coincides <coughs> with uh, number four of the rosary, which was the Blessed Mother says that, like, if you pray the rosary and have the devotion uh, to, to me, she says, I will cause good works to flourish in your life. And I would I like the way you just tied those two things together, because these abundant blessings without the graces we receive, might not even be thought of as blessings. Yeah. And we've probably known people, too, that have received very difficult things in their lives that have become, that have seen them as, as blessings. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, the, so and, and, the, and the last one, I, would, I know I just said I was going to end it, but, like, the That's last okay. one, too, is that, like, uh, I, number seven for, the ima for, uh, for having a devotion to the Sacred Heart is that he will take people who have lukewarm souls to become fervent or passionate mm -hmm. like for people who are kind of like up in the air about like well i don't know what to do or they have no direction right. is that he's promising that he will give us passion and zeal yeah. for whatever it is that he, like where he wants to push us in our life mm -hmm. so like so much of what i hear some of the struggle with like uh, with a lot of seniors is that like and uh, they're only 17 18 but like there's they, they or parents will tell me that their kids are like 25 and they've just got out of college or they don't like what they do at work or they, they don't know where they're going in life. 
And it's like this promise, like in this devotion, he's saying like, Jesus is like, I will give you the road. Mm-hmm. I, will f- I will help you see it, seek it, find it, and be passionate about it so that you have meaning and purpose in your life. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a particularly first world problem. Not not the not the thing that you read, but the the idea of of being directionless. Um, mm-hmm. I think in a lot of third world countries, there are far far significantly less choices that someone um, these kids age have to make. Um, their right. their purpose is to really take care of the family and be part of that family. And um, the uh, I had a friend say this once. It's it's like going to buy cereal. There's just too many cereals in the cereal aisle. It's right. hard to make a decision. And and suddenly our, our kids with are faced with not only the plethora of colleges to go to, but the choices be beyond yeah. that. We, what do I do in college, or do I even go to college? Um, and I think those questions are often put before. Well, what is my purpose in life? Yep. Um, and and that leads me really to the the question I want to ask you. It you know these, these promises are made to us. Um, that I- if we do these things, all those things will come into being for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I-, I think it's easy to hear that, and I'm, I'm curious how you understand it, and if, if my understanding is different than yours. But I think it's easy to say, if I do these things, then these things will be given to me, almost like a transactional thing. Right, if I give right. you $10, you're going to give me the thing that I buy. Um, what I'm hearing this more, though, is, is not that. It's these are, and to circle back to what we had said in the beginning of this podcast, these are the things that, that help us understand what it means to be human. And I say that in the sense of made in the image of God. It's, mm-hmm. it, these things are bringing us home. It's, it's yeah. like if, you are, if you're a runner and you're training for a marathon, you follow the training plan, then you could do the marathon. Um, I, I think this is this is similar. It's just it's it's causing us to to really focus on the things that are that are vitally important for us to focus on, and not the noise that's around us to help us understand what it means to be human, and 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 therefore understand Jesus's heart. Yeah. No, I I agree. Yeah. I mean, like, yes, I and I understand that. They, like, I mean, you raise raise a good point because I think maybe at a time in the church like that might not have been explained yeah and so like it was very transactional i'll just bang this out right i'll just do this and it'll be very obligatory mm-hmm. but like there was nothing behind it mm. whereas like i think at at its very fundamental level our lord and our blessed mother are seeking they want nothing but the best for us and and they want to they want to establish with us a beautiful relationship and they're saying like look put in the time in this relationship and i promise you it'll be worth your while and it's not transactional it's like hey i want to help you to be Mm -hmm. the best image of i I know what the true image of what you're called to be is and these things will help you understand that Yeah. yeah and 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 also too like they I think it's for us, these beautiful devotions help us um, to understand because we live in this veiled, right, in, in this reality where we, we don't see God face to face and all the mysteries of heaven wrapped up around us. Is that like when you and I practice these devotions, you know, in, in our organic journey of our relationship with our Lord, they help us to see that he is listening. I am seen by the Lord. He does pay attention to my prayers. He does really care about what's going on in my life. 
um, he has come for me. He has comforted me when I was struggling. Like, he hasn't abandoned me. Mm-hmm. And when you and I can then see these these beautiful promises starting to be lived out in our life, and we're like, wow, with, I didn't think that I was ever going to be able to overcome such a thing. Yeah. Or, wow, like, you sit down on the back porch of your, of your home, and you're like, wow, thank you, Lord, because there's peace in my home. Mm-hmm. Like, we can come to realize with great gratitude that it's nothing that we did on our own, but, right. like, We've allowed him. and invited Our Lady and Our Lord mm-hmm. into the very lives and fabric of our homes, uh, and so, like you know, I, so mom and dad, if you're listening, like please take the time to do like your research on on these things. Um, I do masses, I do special masses of consecration to the sacred, the image of the Sacred Heart in mm-hmm. people's homes and the miraculous Heart of Mary. Um, I've done them. They're beautiful things. Doesn't mean that your life will not be, right? You know, uh, like will be burden free. That's not what a, you know. That's not any of the promises. Matter of fact, it, it's just this beautiful love for our Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I have been able to see like I was given these promises. My parents told us about this growing up, but I never remember hearing the promises. I was like, oh, I've got to pray the rosary now, right? <laughs> right, right, right. And then I got became a priest. And I'm so grateful for the family members of loved ones who had died. Mm -hmm. They said, oh, you know, mom had a great devotion to the Blessed Mother. You know, dad, dad loved, you know, the image of the Sacred Heart and the devotion to the Sacred Heart. So then I started to do my research and say, oh, my gosh, there were promises here. Then I started to read up on them. And will you know it? I can I can honestly tell you this, Rich, that. Everything that a family told me about a loved one who had a devotion in any of those areas to the Blessed Mother, to, to, uh, to in the Rosary, uh, to, to the Miraculous Medal of St. Catherine Labouret, or to the Image of the Sacred Heart, the promises were realized in their life. Cool. You know, like, people were like, oh my goodness, yeah, like, mom, you know, like, Mom died very peacefully, mm-hmm. which is a gift, you know, like, or there was just such peace. Like, we, we, we had turmoil growing up, but, like, you know, some of this stuff that could crush a family, we, we were able to get through it. It's almost like the peace seeps in. Yeah. It's upon reflection. Wow, that was. It was. That was the promise right and there. It was, and yeah. I can tell you this. As a it, wasn't, it wasn't like, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I'm no. Sorry, but it's not like lightning bolts coming from the sky. No, no, it's yeah. It's still, the still small voice. Um, I forget what reference is from the Testament, but, but it's that, that whisper. Yeah, yeah, the whisper. Yeah. yeah, like it was this beautiful realization for me as a priest. Like the people were, like the faithful were teaching me. Mm-hmm. And like they had become these beautiful icons and examples like physical examples of people who had these like true authentic relationships in these devotions that like their families were protected you know from mm-hmm. from the darkness that the world that didn't mean that they were detached from you know struggle but like they were protected uh by the by the presence of our lord and our lady in the midst of those struggles to not fall into deeper sin uh, or seek other ways for healing or like they they got everything they needed mm-hmm. in their relationship um, and so like mom and dad if you have the opportunity look these things over 
start practicing them with their children. Start inviting these devotions to be a part of the fabric of your life. Uh, because then it just takes what is good and established in your homes already and makes them so much freaking better. Yeah. You know? Um, but I just, that has been leaning on our hearts for a while, and we wanted to just share that uh, as spiritual tools. And, and summer's a good time forward. for that. And I realize yeah. not everybody's a teacher, and not everybody has a summer right. off, but typically schedules are lessened. You know, yeah. uh, and uh, we'll allow more time for reading. So yeah. by, by all means, delve into it and, and just Google it and it, you'll get a thousand versions of it. Yeah. 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 Well, okay. gang, that's all we got for you to on, on this episode of. Uh, it's good to be back. It's good. To, it is good to be back. Yes. I wish I could say it is good that you were here, but I'll leave that to the Lord. All right, guys. God bless you. Be well. Take care. Bye. If you would like to contact Father Dave or me, please follow us on Facebook at Locusts and Wild Honey. We appreciate your comments on all platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Please tell us what you think and share with your friends.